Good morning and greetings in the name of Jesus. This morning, the question I ask, are you a soldier of the cross, a follower of the Lamb? Are you a Christian or are you just a Christian that's been entangled with the things of this world? How you've been distracted in your services to the Lord? How you've been completely sold out to Jesus? Turn with me this morning to Luke 14, verses 25 to 27. Luke 14, verses 25 to 27. And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Are you wanting to be one of Jesus' disciples this morning? We see here that Jesus has laid out a pretty tight path for us to walk on. In order to be one of his disciples, what are you willing to give up? What are you tempted to put in place before Jesus in your life? Is Jesus first before your family before your life. I do, not, I do know we talk about the values of families and having a godly family. I'm not trying to downplay that. But are we willing to put Jesus first and foremost in our lives and all that we do? And be completely sold out for a higher calling which in Jesus, which is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. I'm thinking about that being sold out is a thought that I have this morning. When we think of something being sold out, what do our minds think of? You know, we may think of things when you go to purchase something at a store, and you go there, and the shelf is empty, and it says sold out. Or you might uh, want to go to this new ice cream store and everybody's talking about this flavor of ice cream that is really, really good. And it happens to be the night you go, they're sold out. There's nothing there to purchase. This is completely gone. It's not available. You know, this is not exactly what we're talking about when we say sold out for Christ. As I think about being sold out, I think about being completely surrendered and committed to the one that we serve. A definition I found of being sold out means being completely committed, being devoted, invested, and engaged to a cause. To have no reservations about the decisions you are to making and to be willing to go anywhere and to do anything and give up everything in order to achieve your goal by all means necessary. A 
As you all may know, this weekend is Memorial Day weekend. This holiday takes place annually on the last Monday in May and is dedicated is a dedicated day for honoring those in the U.S. military personnel who have died while serving in the United States Armed Forces. Over 1.3 million Americans have paid the ultimate sacrifice for their nation. These Americans have been fully committed and have been fully invested and been engaged for the country they serve. You know, I'm not here this morning to diminish their sacrifice and the services of any men and women who have served so faithfully for the nation that we live in. But I want us to recognize the great soldier that stepped into a harsh battlefield one day. He entered the fight knowing that it would cost him everything, including his life. He entered the battlefield and won a great victory, but at a terrible price. He gave his life, not for a nation, but he gave his life for all humanity. His life was not given in vain, but the sacrifice of his life served was to set free the captives of sin. Each one of us need to remember Jesus Christ and the great sacrifice he has made for each one of us. There's a quote that says this, a veteran is someone who at one point in their life wrote a blank check, made it payable to the United States of America for an amount up to and including their life. Are you a veteran in God's army this morning? Have you written a blank check up to and including the value of your life and given your life to God? You know, we as Christians, we're living for a different kingdom. Are we fully committed this morning? Are we sold out for God's country, our heavenly home, and for our king, our leader, the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you sold out for Christ this morning? It's a challenge to me. And I'm sure it could be a challenge to each of you this morning. How committed are we in serving the Lord? I would like to talk about that commitment to Jesus. You know, each one of us that accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior, I believe you should be familiar with that term, sold out. But sometimes I wonder, are we sold out? Or are we just a sellout? Are we sold out or are we just a sellout? You know, when we think about being sold out to Jesus, it means we are completely committed, devoted. We are totally engaged and our life is surrendered to him. And we can understand if we're sold out. We can understand we're sold out to him with our money. We are sold out with him with our time. We are sold out with him with our dreams our relationships, and our possessions. Everything that we have belongs to him and is readily available for his purpose. Yes, I believe we are familiar with the understanding of being sold out. But are we truly sold out to Jesus? Do we truly understand the true surrendered life? I'm not saying this morning that none of you are not sold out. But there seems to be fewer sold-out Christians 
And there seems to be more in the crease a number of sellout Christians. And you may be thinking, what is a sellout Christian? You know, being labeled as a sellout is not a good thing. It usually means that someone has betrayed a cause. Someone has betrayed a set of values. Or someone has betrayed a relationship. Or it is someone who compromises their personal values for money or personal gain. Turn with me to Mark 11, verses 15 to 17. Mark 11, 15 to 17. And they came to Jerusalem. And Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple. And overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto them, Is it not written, My house should be called of all nations the house of prayer? But ye have made it a den of thieves. You know, here, I believe Jesus is confronting the sellouts. By going into the temple, turning over the tables of the money changers, and casting out those who are there for personal profit. You know, sell-out Christians are those that love and know about Jesus. You know, they, they own a Bible or two. They identify with the church group. Maybe they identify as a Mennonite, or maybe they identify as a Baptist. Maybe they identify as a Catholic, and so forth. But so often, they do not show the transformed life sold out to Jesus. They claim, they claim they follow Jesus and they believe the gospel is true. But so often, they, I believe, the enthusiasm to follow Jesus diminishes more than it grows. As we think about these type of people, so often these people are willing to give their money to their church, to churches as long as it does not change their standard of living. They also are willing to attend church unless some other activity or leisure takes them rather than bringing them to church on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night. What could some of those things be? You may write a list of some of them. Maybe it's sports activities that seem to be more value. Maybe it's going fishing or going hunting. That has more value to us than the Lord's house. They often appreciate those that are willing to serve them but would rather not be willing to serve in a form of service for the church. They are more satisfied just sitting in the back and watching, and maybe, so to speak, be called bench warmers. Yeah, oh yeah, they hold their Bible in regards, but they spend more time reading and writing, more texts, social media, and emails in a day's time than reading just one Bible verse in the Bible each day. I know, yeah, they also want their children to grow up and to be passionate about the Lord. But they hardly ever challenge them to serve in the church or encourage them in the worldly influences that are around about them. So often the comforts of the world have replaced the suffering and the sacrifice of living a sold-out life for Jesus. You know, each one of us that has accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior our bodies are the temple of God. 
How have I used that temple that God has given me? You know, it is the temple that has been purchased with his blood. Do I see my body and life as a tool of my own pleasure and for my own personal fulfillment? Or do, do I see it as a dwelling place of the Lord? If we want to be truly sold out Christians for the Lord, we must let Jesus cleanse that temple. Nabonia changers inside of us want to turn the worship of God into a personal profit and gain of myself. And it must be driven out. Jesus says in verse 17 of Mark 11, my house should be called of all nations the house of prayer. Are you a house of prayer this morning? Do you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? My life, my body is his temple first and foremost. And the purpose of the temple is to be a place of prayer where the focus is knowing of God himself. And the way I should use that temple should be used to be the light to all people that they also would know that we serve an awesome God. And Matthew 16, verse 24 says, The Lord has taught us this. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. Deny himself, take up the cross and follow me. So who is responsible for this slippage? Of being a sellout. Is it the church? Is it the church leaders? Is it the church members? Maybe at times it could be someone else's fault, maybe at times. But who is to blame for this? In Matthew 16, verse 24, Jesus addresses us and is called to follow. He says, if anyone will come after me. Each and every one of us. So each one of us must choose to heed the call instead of saying and looking at what others are doing or not doing. Each one of us must choose daily who we will serve. Am I truly seeking the will of the Lord for my life? Am I daily looking into this holy word, the Bible? Am I truly investing my time in upbuilding the church and giving God the glory? Am I truly leading my family and loved ones to a surrendered life in Jesus? Am I truly showing a surrendered life of holiness in all my decisions and the choices I make in this life? Am I sold out? Are you sold out? Mark 10, verses 17 to 25, tells the story of the rich young ruler who asked Jesus how to inherit eternal life. And Jesus told him, go and sell his possessions Give the money to the poor and then follow me. Now here we see that Jesus told the rich young ruler to sell everything he had. Give it to the poor and just follow me. But do I have to give away everything to follow Christ? Do I have to sell all that I have in order to please him? Do I have to do that? There's a story of a little boy who loved collecting marbles. He lived next door to this little girl who had lots of candy. 
She said to the little boy, if you give me all your marbles, I will give you all my candy. The boy said he will have to think about it. The next day, he took a few of his marbles and hid some of them in his room and offered the rest to the little girl for her candy. That night, he just could not sleep. He tossed and he turned and he turned and he tossed because he was troubled. And what do you think troubled him so much that he could not sleep? What troubled him was the thought that she really gave me all the candy. You know, the rich young ruler wanted everything God could give. In response, Jesus also asked the rich young ruler to sell all that he has and give to the poor. You know, if Jesus is to give to the rich, if Jesus is to give everything, if Jesus is to give us everything God could give us, are we willing to give everything we can give God? So if this young man, man wanted all that Jesus could give, then he needed to give Jesus all that he had. Jesus was calling him for him to be sold out. We see so often in the Bible, Jesus says that to everyone who wants to follow him. And he re repeatedly calls for his followers to be sold out for him. In Luke 9, uh, it talks, a man said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And then Jesus said to another man, follow me. And a man replied, Lord, first let me go bury my father. And what did Jesus tell him? He said, let the dead bury their own dead but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And another one said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one puts his hands to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. And that is found in Luke 9, 57 to 62. You know, we can see it over and over again. Jesus tells the people to pick up that cross and follow him. And he repeatedly called them to be sold out for him. So Jesus was saying, if you're not willing to give me everything, well, then don't follow me. Jesus is not interested in just some of the marbles. He wants all of them. If we are to follow Jesus, it's all or nothing. He wants all of us. You know, he wants to be our Lord and master of our lives and he wants us to seek him in all that we do. Turn with me to Acts 26, verses 24 to 30. Acts 26, verses 24 to 30. And as he thus spoke, spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself. Much learning doth make thee mad. But he said, I am not mad. Most noble, Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. For the king knoweth of these things, before whom also I speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from, me, from him. For this thing was not done in a corner. 
King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then, and then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day, were both almost and altogether such as I am, except these bounds. And when he had thus spoken, the king rose up, and the governor and Bernice, and they that sat with them. You know, we look at this passage of scripture. There are three different, there are three different men being mentioned here. We can talk about Festus and Paul and Agrippa. And as we look at this, each one of these men, men represent a different attitude towards Jesus. You know, as we look at Festus, he represents those who hate the Lord. And he was hostile, and he, re re and he was resistant to the gospel message. He accused Paul of being mad. You know, they also accused Jesus of similar things in the Bible. Mark 3, verse 21, he says, And when his friends heard of it, they went out to lay hold on him, for they said, He is beside himself. And then John 10, verse 20, he says, And many of them said, He had the devil and is mad. Why hear him? You know, so often, no one, it doesn't seem that like no one says you're mad to people who are sold out for money, pleasure, over power. But so often when someone is completely surrendered and sold out for Jesus, some may think they may have become mad or besides themselves. But you know, Paul was representing those who honor the Lord. He was sold out and living every minute of his life for Jesus. In Philippians 1, verse 21, it says, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And then there's Agrippa. He represents those who are holding out on the Lord. You know, people like Agrippa, they're on the verge of coming to Jesus. But for some reason, they just can't quite surrender. He was close to it. But being close and seeing the truth and not coming to the full surrender of his life, being, but being almost a Christian is still not being a Christian, is still not being saved. According to verse 26, almost is where we find Agrippa. He's almost a Christian, but he's still lost. He's almost a believer, but he still is an unbeliever. He is close, but he's still not there yet. You know, I'm afraid there are far too many people that are in that very same place as King Agrippa. They're close to coming to Jesus, but they're not there yet. I cannot think of any greater tragedy in life than to, for a person to hear God's word, God's gospel, the salvation gospel, day after day, week after week, Sunday after Sunday, and they feel that tug of that spirit, and they know that they need Jesus in their life, and they just keep putting it off. And they walk away, continue in their downward, wayward journey towards hell. Because they feel the world still has so much more to offer them than to surrender a life to Jesus. You know, when our life is ended, and there is no more, and time is no more, being almost is not good enough to spend eternity with Jesus. 
Philippians 2, verses 10 to 11, says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 2 says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You know, here we see in the Bible, it says every knee should bow and every knee and every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. It's not almost surrendered. If we today confess Jesus as Lord of our life and we bow before him on this side of eternity, it's not almost surrendered. It's a full surrender if we do it here. But if we wait and put it off till it's too late and we have to bow before him after death. Oh, what a, what a sad tragedy that would be. What keeps us from being sold out to Jesus? What keeps us from being sold out? Power of sin. Could be one of them. In verse 30, a woman by the name of Bernice is mentioned, and it's Agrippa's sisters. And the commentaries say that Agrippa is living with her, and as she was uh, like it's his wife. You know, this immoral lifestyle would need to be surrendered if he came to Jesus. You know, addiction to sin can cause us to stop at almost persuaded, but not quite. So often sins one's life can make a lot of people to stop at almost. They want to come to Jesus, but they still want to be involved with the pleasures of the world. We need to come to the place where we hate our sin and be willing to let them go. Luke 13, verse 3 says, Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. We cannot come to Jesus unless you repent of your sins. You know, this is what makes a lot of people stop at almost just like King Agrippa. Maybe there's someone here today that is walking in Agrippa's shoes. Maybe you did have a surrendered life in Jesus. Maybe you were living a life that was surrendered. But you got caught up in the world's pleasures. And because of these things, you're not completely sold out anymore. Like you were when you first came to Jesus. And maybe it's some ungodly worship relationship, a pleasure, a sin has issued that has overtaken us and is keeping you from living a completely surrendered life in Jesus. I encourage you this morning, do not be afraid to bring it to the light because that sin issue is going to wreck your life and your relationship with Jesus and it's going to take you to hell if you don't let it go this morning. No one, no thing, and no pleasure in this world is worth going to hell over. Compared to the life of eternity, joy, peace, and happiness in heaven with Jesus forevermore. A peace and a joy forever and ever with Jesus. Mark 8, verse 36 to 38 says, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? But what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father 
with his holy angels. In Mark 9, it continues 43 to 48. And he says in there, And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for three to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt in life than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. I believe Jesus is encouraging us that whatever steps we need to take to get away from sin and the power is worth taking if it brings a surrendered life to him. Another one that keeps us from being sold out to Jesus is maybe a sin of the power of ourselves. You know, I don't believe it's just that sin's that stopped Agrippa at almost. It seems that he had a problem with self, maybe. He may have been concerned about maybe his position. Agrippa was king. If he had professed faith in Jesus Christ, the Jewish people and the Roman superiors could have turned on him. He could have been concerned about his pride. The Roman governor was in that room that day. And if Agrippa had accepted Jesus as his savior, he would have lost his self-image. And you know, Agrippa, of course, he could not allow Festus to see him, to confess his sin, and bow into an invisible Christ, to an invisible Christ at the word of a prisoner in chains. Agrippa's pride could have allowed him not to surrender to Jesus. He could have also been concerned about the price. As he sat there that day, you know, I'm sure Agrippa probably seen Paul. Paul was chained, and he could have seen that Paul's body was possibly scarred by all the persecutions he may have suffered because of Paul's relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I also believe Agrippa knew if he came to the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, he would lose everything. He valued in his life. He just did not want to be willing to pay the price to come to Christ. You know, lost people remain lost. Because they refuse to accept Jesus into their heart and their life. They may hold back because of their pride. They may be afraid of what the Lord will require them to do. They may be concerned about losing the respect from their families and maybe their friends. They may be afraid to pay the price of coming to Jesus. We do not need to suffer in our sins and in a world of corruption. Jesus came and paid the price. He paid the penalty of our sin by surrendering his life on the cross for all who believe. And we know that God loves us. We know that. Jesus says so. 
in John 3.16. It's a very familiar verse. We read it time and time again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, this, uh, this verse reveals God's love for all humanity. The greatest achievement we can make as believers is to love God. Jesus spoke this himself in Matthew 22, verses 37 to 38. He says in there, Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Do we this morning truly love the Lord thy God? Do we truly love him with all our hearts and with all our mind? If we are fulfilling this commandment of God, then our answer would be a total surrender and a completely sold out to Jesus. But if we know that our life is not fully devoted and invested into God, and a total surrender of life in Jesus Christ, then we need to question if we're truly fulfilling this, the greatest of all commandments, to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, and soul. You know, so often we can have that appearance of a surrendered and sold out life to Jesus. We can talk the walk, uh, talk the talk, but we just cannot walk the walk. Our actions so often speak louder, more than louder than words. This author tells of our true surrender heart sold out to Jesus. How committed am I? How committed are you in the Christian walk of life? Our actions do so often speak so much louder than we, uh, about who we are than any words we say. We want to find an example of a total surrender, a full commitment we need to look No farther than looking at Jesus Christ. He's the example. He's everything that total commitment stands for. Jesus Christ is our example. Apostle Paul said in Philippians 2 verse 8, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbles himself, and he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Jesus also said in John 8 verse 29, for I do always those things that please him. You know, we can see in these two passages of Jesus' complete commitment and devotion to God. Jesus is our example and pattern for our life. He shows us what it is to be sold out for a higher cause. And he surrendered and committed life to his Father. 1 Peter 2, verses 21. For even here unto work ye called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. 1 John 2, verse 6. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he walketh. Are you totally, this morning, sold out of yourselves? Have you been fully surrendered in the life for Jesus? And do you love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and heart? Do you pray on a regular basis? Do you look forward to worship? And assembling together with like-minded brothers and sisters when they meet? Are you being involved in the Lord's work? Do you take time to minister to those around about you? Those that are in need? 
Do you tell others about Jesus Christ? How committed are we in the Lord's work? How committed are we living for Jesus? Psalms 147, verse 5, is as great as our Lord and our great power. His understanding is infinite. You know, we serve an also mighty God. He loves each one of us so much. God lifts us up from our life of sin. Through his son, Jesus Christ, who has shed his own blood that does not lose his power to cleanse. And he also gives us an under, undying love and compassion. He fills us with mercy. I want each one of us to recognize how mighty God is and be sold out people to Jesus Christ our Lord. And to be able to stand faithful when the test of time comes. That we can be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. All three were sold out for God. They would not bow down before that golden image that Nebuchadnezzar had made. They believed in their God. They believed that God was once to deliver them out of the king's hand. If they do, and, and, if he not, and if not, they still will worship. They will still not worship that image. They will worship the one and true almighty God. We also know Daniel. He was sold out as well. Daniel kept praying even though he was in the lion's den. God closed those, uh, those lion's mouths. When we're sold out to God, we have nothing to be afraid of because we serve a God that is all-powerful and he's almighty. God is good and not only is he good, he is faithful. He is merciful. He is just. He's a loving God. He is kind. He's a way maker and he's a deliverer and he's a healer. We serve a mighty God. Will we be willing to stand faithful in that test of time? If and when we have to make a decision to stand or not stand for our Lord, I hope each one of us can trust in God and be fully sold out to him. The verse I want to leave with you is 2 Timothy 1, verse 12. 2 Timothy 1, verse 12. For the which cause I also suffer these things, Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed it, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I committed unto him against that day. Let's kneel as we pray. Our dearly beloved Heavenly Father, Father, thank you for this beautiful day you have given us to come to your house of worship as we come before you this morning and worship you. We thank you for your love, your care for us, and watching over us. Just help us to be a faithful people and continue to be sold out for you and be sold out and do the work and not be afraid of those around about us. But, Father, we know we have a trust. We have a, we have a peace and knowing that we serve you and that you're with us. Just pray for those who are not have experienced that relationship with you. We just pray that you can give them a spirit that longs to be in your presence. And they can, they, can, can, uh, they can give a surrendered heart to you. Just pray for those who are searching and are, that are almost but not quite there. We just pray that you can be with their lives. And pray for those who have been involved maybe with things and, do, and they feel they're not drawing close to you. We just pray that you can be with them and help them overcome the things of this world and be able to surrender completely. Just pray to be with us. And all that we do and say, just help us be faithful in Jesus' name. Amen.